This hot, this the spot, there it is, pod.com. We're interviewing the best comedians, so tune in quick and get your ears receiving them. We're talking about life and life to stream right to you from the microphone right to your home, dude. Side note, this might get embarrassing, but no, don't sweat, yo, because there it is. Welcome to the There It Is podcast, the comedy podcast to help you find your inspiration. I'm your host, Jason Farr. Let's do this. Thanks so much for being here. Very much appreciate it. Hope you enjoyed last week's episode. If this is your second time coming back, thanks for coming back. We have an episode today that is more focused on creating a web series. We actually talked to the ladies, minus one producer who made the new web series, Woe Is She, actress, creator, and producer, Stephanie Fagan, director, Chelsea B. Lockie, also producer, and producer and actor, Kathleen Simmons. And Kathleen had to jet in the middle of this conversation. But before that, the three of us had a fun chat about what the process was like creating a web series together. If you want to make a web series one day, then definitely take notes. Well, let's get right to it. Here's my chat with Stephanie Fagan, Chelsea B. Lockie, and Kathleen Simmons. As soon as she told me about the title... I was like, whoa, is she? I'm on board. Um, I just really dug it. Weird and sad. (laughs) Let's get everyone acquainted with your voices. Okay, yeah. Multiple voices here. So we'll start on my left. Okay. I'm Stephanie. Hey, I'm Chelsea. And I'm Kathleen. Awesome. I don't know why I just did that weird voice. I'm sorry. I was like, I'm Chelsea. Hey, I'm Chelsea. It's it's what happens when a mic gets on. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. it sounds great. (laughs) Great. Uh, And I'm Jason. And (laughs) I hope you knew that. (laughs) I uh, am so thrilled to have you here. I've seen the first three episodes and super fun. And I I really enjoyed it. Before we jump into talking about the web series itself, let's talk about how all the three of you became acquainted to put this together. We don't know each other. Oh, okay. Uh, yes. We're the first time we've met. <laughs> we met at grad school. Oh, okay. Where'd you all go? The Actor Studio. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. For people who don't know, that is the James, James Lipton. Lipton's brain trial. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah. It was, we, Chelsea went for directing. Mm-hmm. And Kathleen and I were actors at the at the school. And Steph was also a playwright. She yes, was an actor, yes. playwright, double, doubled up, two tracks. Two tracks. Yeah. One high, high price. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and I worked with, um, actually, Steph and Kathleen separately. I directed um, Stephanie in plays and directed her thesis play. And then I also directed Kathleen in, a, a, in an original playwriting piece mm-hmm. and we, we developed just, over two years yeah yeah we developed a piece over two years and worked together but we had never worked as a unit until oh, wow. after grad school and yeah. while you're in grad school is there a, since you're at the actor studio uh any chance that you were seen in the audience of some interview were you there at that time oh yeah i have many screenshots of myself <laughs> <laughs> that i sent to my mom <laughs> yeah. nice. i would always wear like a blue scarf so my family could find me so oh, look nice. for the blue scarf in 2000 i'm, I'm the one next to bradley cooper yeah. <laughs> yeah. i don't think my family knows what that is <laughs> yeah i don't even know what that show is yeah. <laughs> it was huge for a little bit there you know it was um, big enough to get made fun of on Saturday Night Live right right and also I guess late night because Mm -hmm. he went on on Conan uh, years ago well James is retired but it's still Mm -hmm. going on they're doing a different format where actors um, interview other actors oh very cool yeah yeah they've had like Jane Lynch interview and um, Alec Baldwin Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. I love it. Ellen Burstyn interviewed Al Pacino. Like it's a, they kind of. Oh, I think I actually did hear about that. Okay, Mm -hmm. cool. Very cool. I'm glad that it's still going. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do they still have a large stack of blue cards there? Or is it, is that different? Probably. I think, (laughs) I think like in his final. Oh, really? No, they took, they don't have the desk anymore. It's just like two. And they don't do the final questions either, which is kind of sad. No, it's basically just not the thing. Just has the thing's name. I shouldn't Mm -hmm. say that. 
on our recording. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, hotly, it's fabulous. I support it. It's fabulous in its own right. It's a new thing. Yeah, new, yeah. new thing. New yeah, network. it's like yeah. queer eye. You know, sure. they drop the uh, for, for the straight, straight guy. guy. You know, sure. <laughs> and they change. It's a look. queer eye for every single guy and girl and whatever you are. Last mm-hmm. week in LA, I saw a queer eye guy from the queer eye and the straight guy, and, and a queer said, eye guy from the new straight. <gasps> oh, queer were they eye. together? No, separate. One at lunchtime I saw, and then the one at, at the hotel. You saw Anthony, right? Oh, dude. Oh. What was he eating at lunch? So handsome. Was it avocados? Yeah, gosh. Huh? Was it avocados? <laughs> he does love those. <laughs> He's notorious for loving them. <laughs> but, Did you yeah. see what he was eating? or? No, hey, I came, I came out, the, out of the lift as he was going in. Ah. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Lunch was the old queer eye. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. what was he eating? I do need and to who was a that? glass of wine. And um, it was <laughs> my that, lunch. Um, the blonde gentleman. Oh my gosh. Carson? Yeah, yeah, Carson. Carson. How could you forget? Oh, come on. That, <laughs> that was like me. 20 years ago. <laughs> I know, yeah. I'm like, I know you. Like, <laughs> yeah. So speaking of being in LA, you were there for the Oscars. I was, yeah. Yeah, so what were you involved with to get you a, an Oscar? So trip? this was my second time. I'm mm-hmm. very, very lucky. Like a dream come true twice. Uh, this time I got to hold an Oscar, the Toy Story Who's 4 Oscar. A... What? Yes! Yeah! I'll show you a picture, it's so cool. That's really wow. close to touching Tom Hanks. Um, it and it's yeah. really heavy. Um, it is. And I How met heavy the cast of Parasite too. I was oh. like, just saddled up to their table and be like, hello, how's it going? What? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> what did they say? They were like, oh, thank you so much. You know, I complimented them and, you know, Such we, a it was success the after story. party. What it's, a great success story that they've had. It's a miracle. And of all of the three of us that gets to go to the Oscars, it should be you. Because if I had sidled up to the Parasite table, I would have not been able to stop talking about, have you seen it? Have you seen it? Oh, no. I have not, we're seeing yeah. it Sunday, so no <laughs> Okay, well, this isn't a spoiler, but I do need you to watch for a scene where a man eats a banana in in a way that is definitely the scariest part of it. <laughs> like, so you, you know, just would have brought that up. Yeah, I just would have been like that banana scene, right? It's like negligible. Not what the movie's about. They would have probably been like, what are you talking about? Oh, that's funny. That's what really stuck with me about the film. (laughs) Well, it was really nice. It was a big standing ovation in the whole theater. Yeah. Two and a half thousand people stood up. So it was pretty cool. That's awesome. So you were there. uh, How did... uh... Yeah. So I, well, I produced a short film um, about the Me Too and Oscars So White. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was... Played as part of the entertainment. Okay. So this year, live, not this year, two years ago. Okay. And then this year, I went in my own special way that no one will find out how. <laughs> <laughs> Stephanie actively hid her face with went. her sweater. Kathleen, I talked to people. I'm, I'm sorry, <laughs> okay. Kathleen. In my I head, just want I people to know that I, I would never have my face in a sweater. <laughs> Actually, I was on the red carpet. And I hear an Australian accent, and the first person I end up talking to is Margot Robbie's agent. Oh. I was like, God damn it, where are my business cards? <laughs> you don't have space for them in my tiny bag. Oscar's clutch. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you need your info tattooed on a, yeah. a little so portion of your arm. You have this mysterious <laughs> reason you were at the Oscars a that we, reason, we can't yes. know. Yes. Uh, but you were there. I had there. a great time. I uh, did. Saw some exciting people. Mm-hmm. That's cool. It's pretty obvious where you're from. You also mentioned it, Kathleen. Um, Australia. <laughs> we know we know that you're from Australia. How long have you been in the states? Um, almost seven years. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Yep. The entire or, time with I, these two. I'm Gosh. sorry, I said awesome wrong. It's awesome. 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 Right? Awesome. Right. <laughs> and uh, Chelsea. If you're truly wanting to get it right, it should have been a maze balls. Oh, is that what people yeah. say more often there? Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. <laughs> also, I just throw out there, she's a she was a lawyer before moving here to be an actor. Oh. Okay. Please don't hold that against me. <laughs> I won't. I won't. <laughs> um, and hopefully. Um, Law is not the reason you got into <laughs> I should totally read my backstory right now. Yeah. Uh, no, it wasn't. I just decided to pack up and leave one day. Awesome. Yeah. Um, and Chelsea, you're from Nevada, right? Yeah, I'm from Elko, Nevada. It's uh, in the northeastern part of Nevada. Mm-hmm. Um, there's nothing near it. Um, uh, the nearest mall is like four hours drive. Really? Uh huh. 
And so, oh, oh, it's known for one thing. It's the home of cowboy poetry. And Chelsea Lockie. And Chelsea Lockie. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> don't sell yourself short like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that means, I wish I was joking, but um, that means that for one week out of the year, people come in from around the world dressed as commercial cowboys <gasps> and recite poetry. <laughs> That seems like a dream come true for someone. Yeah, it is someone's dream. It's actually pretty cool to do that. Well, you don't get hired, you just kind of like come. I mean, like some people get hired, um, they submit their poetry and they get to read it out loud at the Western Book Life Center. Um, But they have like events all over around town, and um, that's the only thing it's really known for. Um, It's a mining town, uh, ranching community. Um, yeah. How long have you been in New York? I've been in New York, um, since, what year did we start grad school? 2013. 2013 is cool. when I moved to New York. Um, before that I was actually in LA for a year. Oh, okay. And then before that I was living in Vegas. Um, I got my undergrad degree in Vegas, so. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so I've been away from home for quite a long time. Yeah. Well, I won't. Make the joke, did your degree stay in Vegas? Because... <laughs> it did, somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you've heard it enough. Uh, that's, no, that's actually... I was going to say, I kind of like, love it. Oh, okay. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. yeah. someone make that joke. Well, they've yeah. changed the slogan now. It's not what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. It, what happens in Vegas can only happen in Vegas. Is it really? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. It's very new. Uh, huh. Aerosmith is in the commercial. Oh, and somebody right. else. I can't remember. Famous Aerosmith. Vegas ba- <laughs> Vegas They're band Aerosmith. Like, what's going on? <laughs> I guess they have a residency there or something. Sure, oh, they would. Know. Yeah, that checks yeah. out. That seems. That does make sense. It's, it's the time for them to do that. It's yeah. very unbranded. <laughs> let them stay in one place and not have to travel. I'd love it. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, who wouldn't? <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Seventy, you are from Connecticut. Yeah. How long have you been in New York? Um, since two thousand nine. So quite a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Were you undergrad here too, or? No. Mm-hmm. So I did my undergrad in Boston at Emerson mm-hmm. College. Oh, cool. Um, it was it was a wild time to be alive. Uh, and then, yeah, I came right here after that, and I've kind of been well. I lived in LA for a little while, and then I came here. Oh, okay. Um. And you yeah. two didn't meet in LA. It's huge. <laughs> You'd be surprised. It's a really big town. I'll also say that you can go months without... There's no... There's endless literature about L.A. being an isolating place to be. Yeah. And you can go, I think, Nobody months wants without... to sit in traffic to go see a friend. I mean, That's yeah, true. Yeah, you could just like not talk to anybody for <laughs> months and months and months. Yeah, I've, I, you know, I have heard... Uh, like different people talk about that like Will Smith and Larry David recently met and they like yeah they were talking about golfing together and uh, he said oh uh, Will Smith where do you golf and he told Larry David and Larry David said that's too far and like, <laughs> and, like I've heard other people talk about this like I don't want to go all the way across town yeah, mm. <laughs> yeah. like go see mm. somebody I didn't get it when I lived there because I also I had just got my driver's license mm-hmm. I got my driver's license when I was like 21 years old mm-hmm. I also shouldn't have gotten it because I ran like four red lights and been <laughs> back in park and I, I begged the, the guy, and he was like, will you invite me to your first movie premiere? And I was like, yeah, yes. <laughs> and he just signed off on it. But I didn't, I was so excited to drive. And then let Stephanie loose on LA. Yeah. I was so excited to drive. And I wanted to drive yeah. all these weird places that no one else would go. Mm-hmm. So I was all over the place. I, that makes a lot of sense. I got yeah. my license... Uh, I guess right after I graduated college. Mm-hmm. Oh God, I so. got it when I was like the last year of high school. I got it when I was 15. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's normal. Normal. That's normal. <laughs> that's very yeah. normal, especially in uh, Elko, Divine. Mm-hmm. Especially there. Yeah. I mean, it takes four hours to get sure. to the mall. When are you going to do? I'm going to drive to school. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It would be a day trip. You'd have to skip school if you're in high school and wanted to go to, to the, the mall. mall. I did. Yes. So you end up uh, all are in New York. You end up at uh, the actor studio together, 
and uh, it's sort of collaborated together, but you didn't, the three of you collaborate on something while in the actor's studio. We work together sometimes, Kathleen and I, and like, mm-hmm. in class and stuff like that. Like but never two, the three of us. Yeah, yeah. combos yeah. of you. Totally. But not the trio. Yes. <laughs> the Woe Is She trio. Yes. Um, had you, before Woe Is She, since uh, uh, the actor studio, had you worked together at all? The no, three of you? No, this was the first project they actually moved in together for a short while mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and i feel like it's around the corner from, from you yeah right oh, around the corner okay. from me so we started hanging out a lot more oh okay um and i feel like it stemmed from that yeah we had right? a coffee one day and i think we were talking about how we just it had been six months since we graduated something like that and the horrendous roles that we'd all been going for and that there was no mm. work that was really interesting to us so we decided to play around and see what we could come up with. Mm-hmm. The first iteration of Woe Is She was very, very different. Oh, okay. Um, Steph can talk to her writing process mm-hmm. for that. Yeah, and let's mm-hmm. get into that. I mean, so that's what spurred this project on. Yeah, it was purely fun, too. Like, we yeah. had no agenda behind making it whatsoever other than to work on something fun that we wanted to work on mm-hmm. rather than waiting around or doing, like, um, work that... We just didn't find, you know, really stimulating or exciting. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say that for me it was sort of different in that there just was nothing. Mm-hmm. It's not that I couldn't find work that was interesting. It's that I couldn't find any oh, I see, I see. And it's, So it's like Ben Affleck and Matt Damon making... Yes. Yeah. <laughs> in a lot of ways, I'm exactly like Matt Damon. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you for noticing. <laughs> well, you're going to school in Boston. Yeah, <laughs> true. True. For a while, too, as a kid, I lived there and I had a crazy Boston accent. And I was like six years old. <laughs> and you love crustaceans. And I do love crustaceans. I, I don't true. actually know if Matt Damon loves crustaceans. He's, How could he, he not? Should. He, he should. If he's, he's wrong if he doesn't. That's yeah. right. Uh, uh, yeah. So, this early iteration, the, the, the way it has shaped out the premise of woe is she is that kathleen's character is painful (laughs) well uh i guess like housing you housing stephanie's character um because you've fallen out of your luck stephanie like your your character is like Mm-hmm. out of a job in a bad place mentally emotionally and yes. needs a place mm-hmm. to crash needs some help and kathleen provides that uh, the home uh, that roof over your head isn't jenny lucky, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. lucky so girl. what was different about the project when it first was put together <laughs> Like this first iteration. Yeah. I guess good. like so. I this is a good time to point out that I come from like. Chelsea is laughing hysterically. <laughs> it's really funny. She's laughing. Look, I don't know. I guess I should preface this by saying like between 2009 grad school, all of that, I did um, comedy shows in the city, so I have mm-hmm. a lot of background in like improv and sketch right. and like narrative through lines for variety shows i had a show for a while called the moon that's no longer happening but Mm -hmm. it was like what i dedicated all my time to so my idea going into this was like i'm just gonna write us a fun punchy like web series give Mm -hmm. us something Mm -hmm. to do it'll be like fun and whatever and (laughs) uh i wrote i wrote some episodes they were like you know bite-sized really Mm -hmm. short um i'm sorry i'm laughing about the egg what egg (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> when you wrote an episode where Jenny dresses up as a giant egg. <laughs> oh my god, I forgot about yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. That, that holds me. up. That holds up. <laughs> yeah. That holds up. That yeah. episode would have worked. Um, well, we, yeah, I wrote all these, like, yeah, egg episodes, I guess. And <laughs> they were fine, but I feel like they, I felt like they didn't really do much mm-hmm. for us. They were really short. It was like two to three minute episodes. And there was like 22 of them. Yeah. I see. Yeah. Yeah. But there wasn't really a point to it other than Mm -hmm. um, fun, which is great. (laughs) Was it still called Woe Is She at that point? No. Okay. It was was not called anything at that point. Okay. Um, But then I eventually, and as often happens with me with my writing, I get to know the characters a little more and... 
you know, as weird as it might sound, I get to know them, Mm -hmm. um, even though I'm writing them. And I felt like there was something going on underneath what I was doing that I wasn't really tapping into or uh, maybe that I was nervous to confront. Mm -hmm. So I kind of looked through the through line of all of these things and I was like, oh, these are like pathetic people trying desperately to feel better. Uh, And then I was like, why don't I just write about that instead? Mm -hmm. So we scrapped all of it and I... Even the egg suit. Mm. Even the egg. We were pretty close to wanting to shoot it too. Mm when this happened like we were we did one shoot day we did one shoot day that's right yeah we were just like why don't we feel yeah like this is anything and And then we had a skype session mm -hmm. and she told us she was rewriting the whole series and kathleen and i were like okay (laughs) great (laughs) and then it i mean it felt like it was like overnight i mean i know it was longer than that but she 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 wrote it so quickly you wrote Mm -hmm. it so quickly um, I don't remember. And this we was a long time ago. read this thing, and it was it was we were just so excited about it from the very first draft. We changed very little, actually. Yeah, and the whole premise behind it. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but we didn't mean to make a perfect web series to be shown. That was mm-hmm. not why we created mm-hmm. it in the first place. We knew we didn't want to go fundraising because our mm-hmm. friends were all tapped out already and they get harassed so by fundraising, fundraising campaigns campaigns, yeah. all the time. Mm-hmm. So we knew we didn't want to rely on anyone. We just pulled our own personal resources and literally gaffer taped lights to the ceiling and to chairs. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just said, well, let's just put it out there as a proof of concept and see if people like it. Maybe mm-hmm. we, it gets picked up. But it was never really intended to be released in the state that it's in. Oh, interesting. But, you know... We loved it, and we're really proud of the characters and the story. You know, we would have put more resources in if we had had them when we were filming it, so it's not about that. Mm-hmm. And we're releasing because we just want people to see it, because people are really excited to see it. Oh, that's awesome. So, yeah, and it's fun. You know, yeah. And it's fun. I like it. It's I watched the three. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Those are what three I had access to, and they... They aren't as short as what you originally were thinking of, but they're still short. They're still like, uh, you know, it's it's like... Six to seven minutes. Right, one. yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like watching an episode of a sitcom. Yeah, yeah. you the, can the watch the, the three. whole seven. Uh, it's seven episodes total. Okay. You can watch the whole thing in under an hour, so... Okay. Yeah. And it, I like uh, even like the little punches that happen in the credits, you know, like these, <laughs> these fun extra things that, that uh, come in We there. like those too. Yeah. <laughs> favorite, favorite part. <laughs> and the tags. Yeah. So yeah. what inspired, what, what about this made it inspiring? I think it just felt a little bit, um, I don't know, for me, for me, it wasn't about, um, it wasn't about anything before, and mm-hmm. then when I changed it to be kind of about a journey that these friends go on, and how uh, women or anyone in this situation can persevere through hardship uh, with a friend, it kind of made it a little bit more relatable to me personally. Mm. Um, and also, I wanted to... What I love the most is funny sads, mm-hmm. or things that are so sad you have to laugh at them and that's just my sensibility and i know i know that's true for chelsea mm-hmm. i know that kathleen's cackled many a time during our <laughs> oh i like yeah i like talks i like laughing at things that people go why you, that's bad yeah. that you're laughing <laughs> yeah, yeah the more uncomfortable it is the more i laugh yes Alice's <laughs> humor is definitely your bad i think, all I think my brother watched it and he was like oh i laughed and i felt like i was a terrible person and i was like yes <laughs> <laughs> i think we wanted to it was more interesting because there was definitely more for kathleen and i to work with as actors mm-hmm. And I think a lot more, um, you know, writing comedy, sometimes I can get into, like, the trap of, like, just filling the air with sound. And I think it was so much more interesting um, creating space in dialogue and on the page so that Chelsea could, like, work her magic uh, finding, like, behavior that would Mm -hmm. be way more telling than any, like, punchy joke that Mm -hmm. he wrote. Mm -hmm. So... I don't know. I hope that the new script did that. Mm-hmm. But 
it just felt like there was more for us to interpret and dive mm-hmm. into and do. What was cool was that also if you when we looked at the edit when we had when we went into edit, our editor actually edited pretty much exactly with the script. Like mm-hmm. there was no he didn't have to do any work yeah. outside of what we shot, which mm-hmm. was exactly like the script. That's great. You know, sometimes you have to go back and rework things because mm-hmm. the jokes don't land or whatever. Right. He edited exactly as it was yeah. on the page. And that was exciting because, I mean, Stephanie, just to, I mean, I'm going to gas you up a little bit while you're in. I can't take it. Uh, I know she can't, (laughs) but she's just one of, you know, I just think she's a truly special artist in so many ways. Um, You know, not only. Looking at the ground. Shaking (laughs) Going red. (laughs) Not only a brilliant actress, but just a really exciting writer. (laughs) So for me, like what what I found so inspiring and so great about it was the writing itself. Mm -hmm. I mean, and that was my goal from early on, as Kathleen mentioned, you know, we decided to just do it with the resources that we had, which was like, you know, Stephanie's old camera and whatever. Cause we, you know, we had talked about a lot of like grant writing and whatever. And then I remember specifically being in a meeting where Stephanie said, Hey, I have a camera. Like maybe we could just make it. And so, so we did. And, and so for me, it was never, you know, a goal to do any like cool trick shots or to do any, you know, and, and, and that just wasn't, you know, what we had so but I was like but what we do have is two really great actors and some really good writing Mm -hmm. and that was exciting to be able to shoot a script that takes place primarily in one location for the entirety of the season and still feel like you're going on a journey with these characters Mm -hmm. and still feel you know um that these characters are relatable and just to like watch the moments happen even between them was just so exciting to me and um you know I guess to fit so much into like six or seven minutes you know so much so much going on in both of the characters mm-hmm. lives mm-hmm. and that short of a time I just think it's is a challenge such a, yeah yeah and that's really all stuff yeah packing it full of of rich material (laughs) it's a collaboration through and through yeah Yeah. when we started i think at the way that we have succeeded the reason we've succeeded is because we had a no asshole policy pardon Mm -hmm. the pardon the um swearing Um, and all three of us had to agree on every decision and Mm -hmm. that's a really tough thing to do Mm -hmm. um but we were you know if one of us really put up a you know, no, don't want to do this. This is why. And mm-hmm. we had to respect it and we mm-hmm. had to find another solution. Yeah. We That's stood great. by that too. We have like a no questions asked, like if you don't want to go this route, if you know, or if like, uh, in terms of anybody that we brought onto the project in terms of, you know, any big decisions we made, we decided we had a rule that had to be unanimous. Um, just knowing that when you work in threes, sometimes if you do the like, well, you need two yeses to move forward, that can cause tension in groups. Absolutely. Gosh. And then the, the twos change. Mm-hmm. So then everyone ends up mad at everyone at some point. <laughs> well, we've been mad at each other. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. But, but you're we... all being old friends working together. It's a new dynamic. Yeah. yeah. It's a good and we all idea. come with different skill sets too. I mean, mm-hmm. I have a production, I have a production background, mm-hmm. um, and my legal background helps and mm-hmm. sort of that kind of thing, contracts, etc. And then Steph wrote it and stars in it mm-hmm. and does production. And then mm-hmm. we Chelsea was producing and directing and doing all of the other roles on set. So other than our amazing Leah Kreitz, who... Yes, <laughs> she is the, un- Shout out to the Leah. producer who is not here. But Leah Kreitz is someone who you don't really see. Well, she does act in one episode, but she also helped us produce and was there along the whole ride. Um yeah, her yeah. value cannot be overemphasized. Yes. Wow. So we had, yeah, a, a three and then four on the shoot days. And, um, you know, all of us women contributed equally. So it is equally our project and mm-hmm. we're equally mm-hmm. as invested to get it out there and people to see it. And along the way, all the decisions were equal. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that was part of our success. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone feeling like they had a role and were respected in that role and yeah owned owned the role as yeah. well oh, you know, yeah because ownership is really yeah, otherwise if you don't buy in in that way then you kind of let it go mm-hmm. um, but we all equally owned this so we are responsible for it mm-hmm. yeah that's yeah. special and unique and yeah. i think that's great and uh, you know to speak to the uh, material like what you were talking about chelsea about the balance of 
um, the acting and the comedy. And it shows. Like, I think the fact that you all are such well-trained actors uh, is very clear. Thanks. <laughs> but you not every day you get yeah. called a well-trained actor. I did not do today, but I did not feel like a well-trained oh, actor. <laughs> I'm not a well-trained actor, but I blew an audition yesterday. <laughs> it takes um, almost nothing to blow an... Anyone can blow an audition. Yeah. I... But I mean, to really I wanna... blow one, you do need to be a well-trained actor. <laughs> <laughs> I feel. One thing that was really cool about... Um, this project, obviously, as act, as actors, we didn't have to audition for this. Yeah, so that's, yeah, also that's so <laughs> Auditioning com- can be rough. Right. And the yeah. comfort level of being on your own set with people who really know you. I mean, mm-hmm. Chelsea can tell you. She knows my <laughs> little tricks. <laughs> she knows if my voice drops, I don't know what the hell I'm saying, or mm-hmm. all these different things. She's like, Kathleen, I'm calling you out. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> um, and so when you have that kind of, you know, comfort and yeah. comfort and uh, the second to, hand yeah you're even, free yeah. to play and you don't waste as much time yeah um and so we really made them we we shot this seven episodes we did eight we cut cut one we killed a bit killed yeah there, there's the last episode there's the last episode mm-hmm. but we did eight <laughs> episodes in eight shoot days wow so that mm. was hectic yeah <laughs> yeah eight days straight no uh, no. no we broke okay. it up as we had money <laughs> yeah okay that's well, why the quality gets better as it goes yeah. along okay. Okay. i would never things. recommend doing what we did <laughs> no. but it was out of you know just like the series was kind of born out of like a necessity to kind of fill a creative void in all of our lives after grad school because also it's very hard to transition out of three years of getting to do what you love every day mm-hmm. um so that void was filled in in the same way we kind of just did this when we could and made it work when we had what we needed mm-hmm. so that was every other like every sunday for like yeah. three months or something mm-hmm. like during pop p- towards the end steph we were f- shooting an episode and then you were writing or rewriting the next episode for the next week until we shot it again, right? Yeah, there were a couple, a couple that, I, mm-hmm. that I hadn't finished yet, um, which is new to me because I don't write for, I don't write episodic. I don't, that's my first time ever doing something that was a series. So mm-hmm. um, I had tried to write ahead a couple episodes and then realized like, oh, I don't fucking know what happens. Like, <laughs> I kind of need to see. Yeah. Um, and... You know, I don't know if that's if that's how it works in the real world at all, but it was nice to be able to work like that um, for a project like this. I remember we did keep the egg costume until like the very last minute. <laughs> I shut it out. It must have been traumatic for me to cut. Yeah. Because I don't remember anything about that episode. You don't? They're supposed to go to a party and Jenny comes out dressed as an egg. It does sound like something I'm right. And it was still in this series. And then I texted you a couple days before and I was like, Steph, we got to cut the egg. And I was crying as I was texting it. This is so sad. And you're like, I'm so glad you finally said something. Yeah. <laughs> the egg is irrelevant. I'm just obsessed with it. <laughs> love making props and stuff so I probably was keeping it in being like I can't wait to make this mm, crazy paper mache and wire egg costume for myself <laughs> just selfishly wanting to make an egg mm-hmm. yeah you didn't make up dead fish that was good yeah I made a lot of weird things I'll tell you what yeah the dead fish is in the the cut episode, no but it was okay. real fish were harmed no real fish, fish. Mm-hmm. 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 so no real spoiler if it's a cut episode it's a cut episode it's um, gone I want to talk about how it came together outside of you all and your fourth partner, Leah, um, partner in crime. Mm-hmm. Uh, when it comes to raising the money, I mean, you didn't go the Kickstarter crowdfundme route. So how does it come together that way? We personally invested mm-hmm. um, initially to get it started. And it's something mm-hmm. that I think we, like we mentioned, consider crowdfunding. And I, I pretty seriously didn't want to do it because... Mm-hmm. You know, I get enough of those emails as it is, but also I, on a principle, like, I, I just feel like I need to put my money where my mouth is mm. first before I ask for other people's money. Mm-hmm. And it's probably not a, like, what they teach you in business school, but it's how I feel. So, <laughs> and not yeah. to, and for anyone listening, not to deter you from uh, doing it, like, the oh, words yeah. personal investment can sound really scary, mm-hmm. but by personal investment, this, 
I'm just going to say this web series did not cost a lot of money to make. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, I mean, I, I truly do believe anyone can do it with a camera and some lights. And mm-hmm. the investment mm-hmm. was more so in props and Time. paying for food on the paying day. for food yeah. we had to get a sag contract because we did have a few sag actors mm-hmm. uh-huh. um which was probably the most costly like the insurance and everything but yeah. we did it really slow and that's why we waited to film the episodes until we could afford them and making the thing isn't really the expensive part it's uh post mm-hmm. okay. so fixing the thing is it's the editing yeah is the, the part yeah. that we needed to eventually um, raise a little bit of money through approaching investors, like mm-hmm. personally. Uh, mm-hmm. We hosted an event. We showed people the first episode. We fed them. We gave them wine. We gave them beer. Mm-hmm. We talked it up. And we got some people to give us some money so we could finish making it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I got to say, that feels a lot better than um, the conventional kind of like throw a link on the internet thing that um, people do. And you know what? Not to... Not to uh, dissuade anybody from doing that too. Mm-hmm. If you if you want to make something and that's what you want to do, go for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but we decided to do it this way, and um, it really worked in our in our favor, I think. Yeah, and it took us a while to make. Like we didn't we. I don't think it was out of post until what a year and a half, two years after we shot it. I mean, that's just the reality of it. When you're when you're, um, you know, yeah. decide not to crowdfund or you decide mm-hmm. to do it yourselves, is it it takes a while to get through each process. Mm-hmm. But once we did do the investor um party or once we we raised the funds to finish post it all went quite quickly after that we immediately went on to the festival circuit and it kind of went into overdrive it went from like really slow to overdrive so i mean yeah i mean obviously money does help push things out faster Mm -hmm. but i think we did it at the right time it was so nice to when when we did approach investors to say hey we've already made the thing it already exists. We've right. shown you that we can do it. Mm-hmm. Can you help us make it look a little nicer? We just need some color correction and yeah. sound. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, but to, yeah. to already say, like, we've shot the whole thing. It exists. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. here. You know? Um, I would recommend, though, if you're ever budgeting for this kind of a thing, never, ever forget to budget for marketing, mm. um, festival mm-hmm. costs, attending the festival costs, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. posters, like all of those kind of things that people forget about because it's like, well, it's so far down the line, uh, you know, but really that's where most of the money has to go. It costs a lot of money to, to promote um, a project and it costs a lot of money to fly to festivals and enter festivals. If you consider that every good festival is $75 on average um, to submit to you have to think about those things so mm-hmm. um that's where people i think forget they make this fabulous thing and then they have no money left to get it out right and we did the, the opposite, opposite. <laughs> yeah we still made a fabulous thing but uh, <laughs> we made it on a really you know smell of an oily rag as they say in australia and um what does well, that mean what well the, the car's running on the smell of an oily rag there's no oh, fuel in it oh, but it's like a little bit of barely barely okay. running on fuse that's how we yeah. say it here and then but i like that yeah one, mm-hmm. smell of an oily rag sounds like an early like acdc album <laughs> <laughs> which would make sense it's the right country yeah. so yeah and, and and that's what we found and we're glad that when we did the budget for our fundraising at the of post we included mm-hmm. all those things yes. because um we would have been out of pocket by now so yeah mm-hmm. and we're not which is great mm-hmm. well, yeah, awesome. we're able to do all the festivals and get new graphics and yeah yeah do what we needed to do to and now we thing. have you know we've got pr person on board a graphics person on board and people can help us because this is not what we're great at is mm-hmm. the promotion side of things mm-hmm. um and we've gone through the whole full year of festivals so we're done with that now mm-hmm. and that's why we're releasing and we won a festival which means um we have a year-long um distribution contract um on a roku channel which is super cool, cool. Yeah. that's very cool Holy shit, guys we released tomorrow <laughs> yes. Yes. i didn't know what a roku was <laughs> i didn't know what a roku was i didn't know i was no. like you Great. thought it was an australian thing <laughs> yeah so it's out now for the listeners so yes. people can listen uh, can watch it um mm-hmm. where all are the places that people need to go okay. go into tv Go Indie TV, the Roku channel that's also associated, affiliated with Go Indie TV. Um, we'll have our, we'll have Vimeo up. IGTV, IGTV, 
Um, on IGTV, we're releasing the episodes um, one per week. So oh, from cool. tomorrow, February 14th. <laughs> Once a week, every Friday. For Hashtag Female Filmmaker Friday. Awesome. <laughs> we will be releasing an episode. That's yeah. excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, it is 529. I don't know if you need to leave yeah, right now. Yeah, Next thing, you know. She's a busy woman. <laughs> she has it's a lot of season. things. It is. It is. <sighs> So great having you on. Thank, Thank you for being you. here, Kathleen. Love her. Hi, Kathleen. I love her. Right, I love her. There's the old girl we love so well. Bye. Bye. I miss you already. So it's now time to end the episode with creating something together. Um, and uh, uh, Kathleen, I guess maybe we'll uh, just have to listen to this and, and yeah. just speak uh, wherever she's listening and, and give her contribution to this. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait to know. I think a great thing for us to create together would be uh, maybe developing an idea into a web series. We don't have to actually yeah. come up with an yes. idea. But just like going through that process. I got to tell you, like. pitching ideas is one of my favorite things to do. Excellent. As a joke. Okay. Well, so we're going to do it for we serious. Could, we could pitch a show right now. We could do it as for joke. You yeah. know, it doesn't have to be... Because uh, I, 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 I want the listeners to get an idea of what that process is. Like, you get an idea and then, like, well, what's the next step? How do you actually Let's do it in earnest, then. Joking, whatever. Our favorite thing, joking earnest. Joking, uh, doing a stupid thing really seriously. Yes. 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 Great. I love I'm that. I'm on board. Hey, okay, that's how you started. Yeah. <laughs> it, that is true. We're coming full circle. So... <laughs> Yeah, all right. So, so we, how does it start? We start, uh, you find an idea that you've maybe had knocking around your head. Yeah, like, first maybe I guess forward? inspiration strikes like lightning. Mm-hmm. And you mm-hmm. say to yourself, hey, what if we made a television show about a renegade band of child dentists? Okay. And what are they doing? Uh, why are they... <laughs> why are they so obsessed with teeth, you mm-hmm. ask? Because mm-hmm. they're not even going to keep theirs, uh, the current teeth that they have. I think that that's why they're worried. No one's oh. told them, you get more. Okay. You know? <laughs> so their whole thing is, I need to keep my baby teeth. And they hate Halloween. That would be the Halloween oh episode. My God. That's how much Halloween. they hate Halloween. They've studied it so hard that they don't even eat dried fruit. <laughs> it can rot your teeth. <laughs> Soda's completely out. Ah. And their leader is, who's their leader, Chelsea? Um, his name is, uh, Fox. Yeah, a child named Fox is their leader. <laughs> McGriffin. Fox McGriffin. He's actually 14, and he does still have his baby teeth. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's, And that's okay. why he's the leader. Yes. It's cause oh. he's, and he has other people's baby teeth in a vial around his neck. Like a bounty hunter. Yes. <laughs> Fox McGriffin, is that his name? Yeah. Yeah. So Fox McGriffin lives in a house with no parents. And actual foxes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Obviously. So now that we have this really great idea. Right. So um, then what's that next step? Like, uh, how do you... Let's say you even write something out. You've got yeah. it out. So, like, now what? Now, uh, if, you're, if you want to make an independent thing, mm-hmm. what I would suggest doing is showing the thing you wrote... To a trusted collaborator that you uh, think it's up their alley, Mm -hmm. who get your style, Mm -hmm. who understand you as a person and also have similar interests, Mm -hmm. maybe. Or, conversely, somebody who maybe this isn't really their bag, but you want to see what they would do with it. Um, But the main thing, I think, is um, showing it to somebody that you trust and like being around and working with. Because... uh, you, you know, working together with somebody you hate is a oh, recipe yeah. for disaster. So yeah. find somebody you like mm-hmm, and admire. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. to me, Show it comes them the down time. to the, the people that you work with in any project. That, I mean, it's realistically, it's been three years since we've done Woe Is She now. But, mm. you know, I've worked with Stephanie on numerous other projects. And um, and and for me, that's, that's always my yes is like, do I like the people? Mm-hmm. And so similarly, when you're going about, you know, creating something... Um, you know, you want to you want to surround yourself with the people that you want to be around a lot. Right. This is a common theme I've heard. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. I've even heard that 
when it comes to like people auditioning, like the first interview for SNL, mm-hmm. so I've heard, someone told me that it's just an asshole test. They just want to see yeah. it because they're gonna be with you all week. Yes. Yeah. So many hours they're gonna be spending with you. They just want to know that you're easy to be yeah. around. Yeah. A lot of auditions that I thought I really blew, mm-hmm. uh, I ended up getting callbacks for, or sometimes booking the gig because. Uh, I laughed about it and was able to joke with people in the room, and they're like, "She's all right." Someone else oh, uh, yeah. said that on on this podcast. Oh yeah. Um, mm-hmm. She recently she was saying like just being kind of honest, <laughs> leaving the yeah. room. I was too embarrassed to do that yesterday when I blew my audition. <laughs> um, I was like, oh, I'm doing every dumb thing actors do. <laughs> right, trying like trying to please, being like thirsty for, for acceptance. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh, yeah. So, um, you found some people that uh, you trust their yeah. their sensibilities. You've bounced the idea off of them. They've read stuff. Mm-hmm. You punch things up. I guess is the next rewrites. Yeah. yeah. So rewrites. My process for that. I know it's different for every writer in the world. Mm-hmm is to read it out loud as many times as you can. Mm-hmm. Normally when I read newer work or like first or second drafts of things, um, I don't care who reads it. It can be actors, it can be anybody, because I'm not really listening for performances. I'm listening for the words. I'll often listen looking at the ground, not even seeing what people are doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that would be next we would, you know, after we get, what's it called? What's this project called? Woe is she? No. The fox. <laughs> oh, whatever. Oh my gosh. I already... <laughs> Our renegade band of child <laughs> dentists here. Okay, so it's called... Um, is, is it called just the renegades? No. Nope. What if it's like the fox well. and the something? Tooth? A fox and the tooth. It's called fox teeth. <laughs> fox teeth. That's what it's called. It's okay, called fox teeth. once fox teeth is in like That was my Tumblr place. name in high school. So in a way, this was meant to be. Yeah. Uh, once Fox Teeth is in like pretty much a good place, we feel like we're happy with the writing. Mm-hmm. Um, we would go into a little bit of pre-pro, I mm-hmm. think. Okay. So, I've heard of pre-production, like? and yeah. I, I'm, I've never heard what that is exactly. Yeah, so... I mean, in your most ideal world, if you had, you know, bazillions of dollars for fox teeth, which we don't, you would have, yet, yet, (laughs) you would have, you know, all all of the positions that you need. However, since we're creating an independent, low-budget web series called Fox Teeth, Mm -hmm. we all have to sort of learn how to be producers, Mm -hmm. if we don't already know. Mm -hmm. And so when we're going into pre-production, it's, you know, delegating responsibilities beyond just creative um, you know, figuring out locations, uh, where you're going to shoot, what you're going to shoot on, the crew that you're going to hire, um, casting. Uh, casting. Mm-hmm. I'd want to find like just the perfect 14 year old with tiny little teeth to play Fox. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's got to be like a complete freak. Fox McGriffin has to be. Yeah. Yeah. Something's wrong with him. <laughs> I, need, I need an actor that is really something wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're going to have to do rewrites because it turns out that you actually can't film foxes. I inquired about this recently. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, so the foxes get cut. The foxes. So you have to say goodbye to your darlings in pre-production when you realize what yeah, you, you can't afford. Why is it you can't film foxes? Um. So from my understanding, um, I was. This is a flea bag. They had to like do a CGI fox in that. Yeah. So you can't. I guess like um, it's. It has to do with like you can only film domesticated animals. Oh. Okay. Um, Unless you're doing it for, like, documentary purposes. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I guess you can't subject a wild animal to being on a oh, film set. It's I kind see, of okay. awful, yeah. yeah. It does make sense. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there are domesticated foxes around the, around town. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But um, a lot of them, I think, that are pets, their owners uh, or caretakers would just be like, no. <laughs> yeah, and it's also still, for some reason, illegal, even if the fox mm. is domesticated. It has to be, like, dog, cat, snake, mm. bird... Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, you know, sometimes people get around it by doing it in countries that do allow it. Um, you know, I'm going to say I'm for this law. Yeah, I'm into it. Mm-hmm. So the foxes got cut, but mm-hmm. that's another part of pre-production is you realize what you, you know, what you can accomplish and what you can't. And then the rewrites that you have to do um, based on that. 
Okay. Or you take this problem to someone like your art director and say, can you solve for this? So Mm -hmm. a lot of problem solving happens in pre-production too. Maybe the boxes are now made out of cardboard. Mm -hmm. Maybe they are taxidermy. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe Maybe we just go all animated. Maybe it's now an animated film. Exactly. (laughs) Right. So yeah, so there's that. Um, You get, you know, all of your department heads, if you have them, if you have, you know, your cinematographer and your... Um, art department, costumes, mm-hmm. all of that. Um, oftentimes, particularly when you're doing, um, when you're doing independent film on a lower budget, you'll wear multiple hats for those things. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, sometimes you get lucky enough that you get some great collaborators on board. Um, never hurts to ask. Mm-hmm. Um, you finish your casting. Um, you lock in your locations. You figure out how you're going to feed everybody on your set. Because mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. on film sets, you got to feed people, and you want to feed them well. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, then you lock in your dates, and you get whatever permitting that you need to get. So, mm-hmm. like, if you're, you know, um, shooting in an area that requires any type of permitting or, like, you're shooting on the streets of New York, you're allowed to do that. You just um, can't have anything beyond a tripod without a permit. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's learning good, things like that. That's a good tip. Yeah, I good tip. One. Yep, you can go outside and shoot on the street so long as you don't have anything larger than a tripod and you don't, um, like, add anything to existing structures. Interesting. Okay, cool. Same thing with parks, like uh, Central Park and all that. You can film there without a permit so long as it's only a tripod and you're not, like, putting papers on trees. And... Can you can you have somebody with, like, a boom? Like, can you have sound? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, so yeah. it's just as long you as it's one camera. You can have really anything that you can hold in your hands. Wow. And then the only thing that can... So, like, you could also have, you like, a gimbal. You can dig into the ground or something. Yeah. Exactly. Or you can't, like, lay a dolly lay track. Lay a track, right. Which you can. It just requires more special to get permitting some and it's more expensive. Yeah. Um, you know, it depends if you have any production cars, if you're going to be blocking traffic, um, things right. like that. So, you essentially have to, you know, read up on, on all of the... Um, you know, filming rules of mm-hmm. the city and, and uh, make sure like that you're you all... I feel like if you have, like, any of that... I mean, you can probably hire somebody to do that for you. Mm-hmm. If you already have a dot, like, if this is where you're at, just hire somebody that knows what they're doing. For That's sure. That's what we found. If yeah. you're at the level, look, we didn't do any of this for our show. No. We, no, we <laughs> learned that this is what you do things. by producing something with almost no money over a long period of time mm-hmm. and right. like eventually picking it up. Right. So, um, if you wanted to just make fox teeth on a shoestring budget, just pick one place to do it. Mm-hmm. Find some, uh, get creative and have a lot of fun. Don't mm-hmm. stress out too much about it and plan ahead a lot. Like yeah, pre-production, good pre-pro is such a game changer when you don't have money. I bet. Yeah, you know when you're not when you're not functioning on a really high budget when you're on a shoestring budget, just planning for every possible scenario and doing good planning and delegating really well is important, um, especially with your collaborators. Mm-hmm. Making sure that you know you're not. Um, making one person's load too heavy, mm-hmm. um, checking in with each other constantly. Mm-hmm. If you're working on a project and you're going into production, you know, in a month, say, you should be texting each other every day and calling at least once a week. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. there was a point before we started shooting that Stephanie was like, I think we need to touch this once a day. Like, we have to, we have yeah. to talk. We Just have give to a discuss. little touch, give a little pat. Mm-hmm. Does that, spreading it out like that, does that help dispel any anxieties? Because when you he- when you hear all of that, it's like, oh, that sounds like so much. It sounds so daunting. Mm-hmm. But you do it. People do it. You it's do not it. impossible. So yeah. I think it's honestly, we, we shot over a long period of time because we have jobs that we didn't let us, you know, we weren't making money on the project. Mm-hmm. So we needed to continue surviving. We even had other creative jobs in between. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. I directed mm-hmm. a play and... Mm-hmm. I worked on something else in between. I don't remember what it is in a second. But we even had, you know, other creative endeavors that we were working on. And so... That'll um, often happen. That yeah. You'll, have, you'll be either making something concurrently with something else. So, um, I forget what I was starting Sorry, to say. No, 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 no. You were saying that... I have no idea. Oh, his question was if it, it seems daunting, all of these things, but if you spread out the responsibilities, you know, is it manageable? Yeah, I think, too, it, it helps to have, like, very established roles. Mm-hmm. Something that um, I know you've struggled with, Chelsea, is mm-hmm. wanting to be the director and then kind of getting pulled into all these other jobs mm-hmm. uh, on things that are a little bit lower budget or, like, 
on or even an experience just like learning on the job and having right. to tell somebody like that's actually not my thing uh, i don't know whose job that is but <laughs> that's not my responsibility right. um the less large the team is and the less resources you have the more hats you have to wear mm-hmm. um but if you're the kind of person who would like to go into something saying i only want to do this one part just make it super clear uh, have a well-defined role and really good boundaries because then you won't be stressed out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and if someone drops the ball, you know, not on you, not great. But um, it does help to know who to go to when things go wrong. Mm-hmm. Having like a, you know, here's the number to call. This, uh-huh. is, this is the person that can fix it. Mm-hmm. Uh, instead of calling everyone frantically. Right. So just having a really uh, clear set of... Um, Roles, responsibilities, and boundaries. Yeah. Okay. And I think it's important to have grace under pressure. Yeah. You know, that can be one of the biggest things when you're working with small, tight groups, especially if you're working with um, collaborators who are also friends. Um, boundaries was a great word. And then also, like, you know, it, if something does go wrong, the ability to handle that and figure out the most proactive choice as opposed to, you know, uh, the most reactive choice mm-hmm. is is really helpful mm-hmm. you know so yeah having having grace under pressure because it does it get feels like high pressure like you look back and you're like at the end of the day it's it really was nothing but at the time it just feels like oh what you forgot the dog cake yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know not that stephanie forgot the dog cake it's I flawless never. but um <laughs> but uh you know and just remembering that um, you know, it's, just, it's important to keep your cool, especially everybody is, you know, putting so much effort forth and, mm-hmm. and, um, there's a lot to do to make, to make a movie happen yeah. you know, or to make a, a web series happen, um, even on a smaller scale. And so, yeah, picking people that you feel like are going to be good temperaments when, when pressure gets <laughs> high and stakes get high, <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's really important. So for Fox Teeth, yeah. Yeah. Fox teeth also, since we're hiring all these kids, it's a whole other thing. Oh, oh right. That would be. Right. Gotta yeah. get child actor permits. Child mm. actor permits, mm. depending on how old, maybe a wrangler, maybe a mm. onset tutor. Yeah, uh-huh. onset tutor. Uh-huh. Taking mm-hmm. them out of class. Of these. That's what the yep. Jacksons mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. do. However, if you only shoot once a week, you don't need the tutor if it's not on a school day. So we can shoot once a week on Saturdays for Fox teeth. Great. Oh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Great. So, Done. Done. We don't need the tutor. Done. We just saved a lot of money Done. to make fox teeth. We can also get like a 19-year-old that looks 13 to play fox. Let's do that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I think that's as many adults. There are plenty play of play children. Right. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So you shoot it. We shoot fox teeth. And then uh, we get it edited and uh, mm-hmm. get the sound right. Uh, we get it put together the way we like. Um, what's the step after that? Is it just trying to get it? out there yeah and so it's just taking meetings and trying to get in festivals and what we did was kind of go the festival circuit so we okay. used um film freeway which is a great resource for anybody that has a project you want to kind of just blast out into the universe um you can submit your project to it's basically like a rolodex of film festivals that you can mm-hmm. submit to so that's sort of what we did mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. a good idea to be a good idea would be to research, not just blindly submit to everything, but look at, you know, know what your project is. Mm-hmm. Maybe have like a one pager ready to go. Um, uh, know how you want to talk about it. Have some Definitely have the one pager. That yeah. came in handy for us so many times. Elevator pitch. And oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So mm-hmm. have that ready to go and then submit to things that you think would like it. Uh, Fox Teeth is obviously a psychological thriller. <laughs> Mm-hmm. If I had to describe it, it's Stand By Me meets mm-hmm. uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids mm-hmm. meets uh, Mulholland Drive. Okay. Yeah. That's so, Fox Teeth. In a yeah. Nutshell. So in a lot of ways, it's, it's, it's mm-hmm. niche. It's niche. Yeah. But there's I think there's an audience for that yeah. out there. I, I do mean, think there's an audience for Fox age. Teeth. Mm-hmm. It's like a David Lynch, Wes Anderson. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, David, Wes Anderson has a Fox movie. He sure does. Which was animated. Yes, that's true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, after we get through the legal stuff that probably would happen because we ripped off Wes Anderson's Fox <laughs> animation movie, Mr. Fox, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll submit it to you know 
a sci-fi fest, maybe a horror fest. <laughs> mm-hmm. And what are some of the benefits of go of, of going that route, going the festival route? Is it to get the name out, get the the word out on the project, or and is it to people. yeah, okay, all okay. the and, above, really? Yeah. And then in our case, um, you know, we know got what, okay. distribution, right? I was going to say, I know with yeah. film festivals, that's a big part of it. Is like mm-hmm. oh, we're trying to get to Sundance, so someone will buy it. And yeah. It. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. Cool. Exactly. So that's... our goal was definitely going in. We never thought that we were going to get like a streaming for a year. Mm-hmm. No. We were like, what? Yeah. Really? My initial reaction was like, are you? Sure. Stephanie, like, you're like, or do we want to do that? Yeah, yeah. I didn't yeah. really know. Because uh, again, I mean, as Kathleen said earlier, it was meant to be a proof of concept, and so we mm. were like, are we gonna put this on the internet for everybody? And we are. And we are. Um, I'm stoked about it, but yeah. So yeah, how did that come about? Was it uh, through this festival run that you did? Yeah, that it people... was through. Um, so we submitted it to a contest through New York Women in Film mm-hmm. um, and Television, which is an organization for NYWIFT, New York Women in Film and Television. Mm -hmm. Um, and they liked it, chose it, and allowed it to win some awards. Um, and then along with that win was this, uh, cool extra thing of having it be available for streaming, uh, through that service. So, Mm -hmm. um, that was something that we honestly forgot we submitted to. We did. I mean, we are at the end (laughs) of the festival circuit. Like, we are It's so easy to... Yeah. (laughs) You submit to so many things, it all just becomes mush in your brain. It also... It, it becomes meaningless, and I'll describe it like this. Like, we got our first, like, three festivals that we got into. I was like, oh, my gosh, cool. Right. <laughs> Festival, like, 26. I was like, cool, whatever. Another loyal. We're still loyal immensely grateful <laughs> for all, all of the festivals who support was she. We're very grateful. Yeah, but I I'm mean. I'm seeing the, the dynamic <laughs> between you two. <laughs> Look. I'm just saying that uh, I stopped being surprised that people mm-hmm. liked it, and I started just being like, "Nice, cool," but I wasn't like <laughs> you weren't shocked popping champagne we anymore. Something. It yeah. was just like it was an emoji of a champagne popping yeah. as opposed to literal champagne bottle. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I think your first couple, you just also still have like the imposter oh, gosh, syndrome. Yeah. Oh gosh. You yeah. know? Oh like, yeah. You were like, "Oh, everything else must really suck for us to get in." <laughs> yeah. Like, and, then, I, and then they didn't, I, and we were like, oh, "Low great. case." How did I trick people? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How? So that's a, a thing that I want to know about because whenever I find out that somebody is listening to this podcast somewhere that I wasn't expecting, I get anxiety thinking like, "Oh, people who are outside of my bubble are seeing it mm-hmm, <laughs> or man. finding out of it. I can't be terrible. Yeah. How do you deal with that? Because now it's like." Uh, I know. All these festivals. The worst and... thing about it, too, is like, especially with something low budget that comes out three years after you made it, mm-hmm. is that I wouldn't do, I wouldn't write this now. So mm-hmm. this doesn't really represent like what I'm doing right now right. or even what I'd who like to do now. in the yeah. future or who I am. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. It doesn't represent the work that Chelsea's capable of. Mm-hmm. She's gone on to like learn like thousands and thousands of different skill sets and I'm sure if given the chance to shoot this again would have done it completely differently. Oh yeah. That's always the rub I guess. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So we're learning to (laughs) just that A we're going to be our own worst critics Mm -hmm. and B then there's going to be real critics that are mean to us and it doesn't matter who cares. Mm -hmm. And then lastly that we just have to let it go anyway and Mm -hmm. put it out because Mm -hmm. Um, at the end of the day, we like what we made. We're proud of what we made. Mm -hmm. Um, I would redo almost every decision I've ever made in the past (laughs) if I could. Oh my God. Right after the win, the first thing I did when we found out it was going to get the distribution on, on Roku, the first thing I did was call Stephanie and I was like, Hey, so I think we have to recut the first episode. Like, it's just not... <laughs> she was like, yeah, I totally agree with you. And then we just never spoke of it again because we both know, like, that's not... <laughs> that's yeah, not like, where... What are we doing? Yeah, but you, I, I think it just... It never really goes away. Like, I'm, I am really proud to be putting it out there. Um, but I think it's... Uh, I don't know. It's just a strange thing to, like, hold something for mm-hmm. that many years and you're so close to it and then just to put it out into the world... I also think it comes from both of us um, come, like, we were trained in, and I think our first love is live art, so theater, and live improv, and being with an Mm. audience, and it's new every single time, and, like, it ends that night, and you go backstage, and, like, nobody knows 
what will happen tomorrow <laughs> mm-hmm. and you get another chance yeah and with this with anything that's filmed you don't right. you don't get another chance so it's always going right. to be like a a wonderful time capsule of regret <laughs> and it's, <laughs> it's permanent yeah so uh i think it's just learning that that's part of it there it is thanks so much for being on the podcast Thank i really really appreciate it us yeah. on the podcast and if any of you want us to to make fox teeth you let us know <laughs> i'm available we'll do it. make it for you They were so fun, and I really appreciated their insight. I hope you got a lot out of that. I also hope that you check out their web series, Woe Is She. It's streaming on all platforms, IG, Vimeo, Facebook. Soon it's going to be on Amazon Prime, and as they mentioned, they have that one-year-long deal via TV on Roku. You can follow them on all platforms at Woe Is She Series, and you can visit their website, woeisheseries.com. Links in bio. Don't forget you can follow us at There It Is Pod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And subscribe to our Comedy Lifestyle newsletter. Next week, we have Billy Merritt, who co-wrote that book with Will Hines, Pirate Robot Ninja. It is great. So check that out. Until next time, be good to each other. The music for the theme song was created by Neil Brooks. The rap was written and performed by Nick Acevedo. The logo for There It Is was created by Jeff Prater. The There It Is podcast is produced by Jason Farr. (laughs) 